everyone. Welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, DBTPFL. It's Thursday. It is January 16th. It's 2020. we got five basketball games that we're going to talk about here on today's slate. We're also going to talk about the two-game football slate for Sunday. So, going to get some basketball talk, some football talk, some fun stuff. We'll find out um, who's heading to the Super Bowl this weekend. So, We'll break all that stuff down. I'm joined by my good buddy, Kyle Murray. Um, you know, you're not playing in the Super Bowl, are you? Nope, nope, not not quite, but maybe next year, right? It's, it seems like the uh, sophomore quarterbacks have been going off. So second-year quarterback, that's what I'll be next year, so you never know. You know, I, the jokes are never going to get old. Like, I, I have a new one every every <laughs> every time you come on. Um, I'm on it. Like, I got this. So they probably get really old for the listeners at this point, but, you know, so who knows. Anyway, let's talk some NBA. You know, we don't have any Vegas totals out. Zero Vegas totals out um, as we're recording or starting to record here. A lot of question marks. A lot of people, you know, there's a couple back-to-backs too or some injuries that we'll, we'll cover as we're going here. But let's get started here at Phoenix at New York, taking on the Knicks. Um, for the Phoenix side, Ubre and Kaminsky are both out. On the Knicks side, Marcus Morris, Nick Lakina are questionable. And DSJ is out. Um, you know, here with Phoenix, obviously, it sounds like Rubio is going to be back. You know, that was a personal thing, but you know, he's back and expected to play here. Uh, but Ubre being out obviously frees up a bunch of minutes here. What are we looking at here for Phoenix? Yeah, so Rubio is back after I, I believe it was a, a birth of a child. So he's a dad now. So maybe we got that new dad narrative. Um, so yeah, Ubre out could mean you know a few additional minutes for guys like Bridges and Cameron Johnson. We actually saw them step up last game and play you know a significant amount of minutes. If you were in a Kobo uh, roster like myself, that was kind of tilting because those guys kind of soaked up some of these wing minutes and they kind of let Booker run the point. So we saw Cameron Johnson play 25 minutes last game. I would assume he'd be around there. Ubre's a guy who who plays a ton of minutes, so he played 38 last game. He got hurt right or concussed right at the end of the game so 38 last game 40 in the game before that so he's a guy who plays a ton of minutes so some minutes should be opened up here and and for me Bridges and Cameron Johnson stand out as guys who are who will get the first crack at soaking those up um one guy I I do want to keep my eye out on he's been really tough to project minutes wise because he was a guy who was playing a ton of minutes early in the year and has really slowed down after returning from an injury but that's Dario Saric he got back into the starting lineup um, last game so that's something to monitor he only played 19 minutes but maybe with Ubre out it's a good chance for him to uh to, you know maybe get a few extra minutes he's a guy who, who's done pretty well in the minutes that he's gotten over the course of the year over the course of his career really 3800 on DraftKings could be someone to monitor if he's back in the starting lineup it's first game of the slate so we'll know that news for sure so he might be a guy who could be pretty sneaky yeah like you said Ubre um got hurt really late in that game um and it was um I forget who it was. It was um, Ty Jerome who checked in for him. Yeah. But the game was – it was pretty much over um, yeah. when he got concussed in that game. So, um, you know, when we're looking at it – so, like, if I'm using court IQ and I'm taking Ubre and I'm taking Kaminsky off the floor, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm putting Devin Booker on the floor so I have a more realization of what we're looking at. And, like, you could put – Booker and Rubio on the floor, but you're only going to get like a 66 minute sample size uh, when you do that. But what we're seeing here with Uber out the floor, DeAndre Aiden has a really nice usage and point per minute. Um, and then, you know, Dario Sarge, the guy that you were just talking about, um, he sees an increase of 4% and 0.3 uh, fantasy points per minute, which doesn't sound like a lot, but that's really a lot 
Um, he's averaging 1.17 fantasy points per minute. So I think Dario Sarge is a fantastic tournament play on this slate. I don't know if I trust him as far as cash games go, even if he is in the starting lineup, um, just because his minutes have not – he just hasn't been playing a ton of minutes. So right. um, I think this is a good spot to potentially look at Booker, but like Ricky Rubio is 7,200 here against the Knicks. Like I think he's a guy that you really want to be looking at here, uh, especially with Oubre out. Bridges maybe um, with Ubre out. Bridges probably plays like 35 minutes in this game, and he's 4,500. He's another guy you can't really trust, but you know we're we're playing some tournaments on this five game slate, so let's yeah. take some shots. Um, as far as the Knicks go, like I, I think the Marcus Morris news matters. Um, you know, like he's a guy that plays 30 to 35 minutes a night. So with him out here recently. Um, you know, he's we, we've seen the minutes kind of go to, like, guys like Bobby Portis and some of these other guys. What are you looking at here for the Knicks? Yeah, I think if Morris is out, uh, it'll open up some more shots, some more usage for a guy like R.J. Barrett, who um, has played pretty well over the last two games. So, you know, the minutes have been really solid, uh, 32, 40, and then 33 over the course of the last three games. So he's someone that I would have a pretty good amount of interest in. We know this matchup with the, with the Phoenix Suns is a pretty good one. If they're top 10 in pace, um, you know, we saw – We've seen guys get after them, especially guards uh, against the Suns recently. So I think he'd be a pretty strong play. Julius Randle is a guy that people kind of uh, looked away from last game against the Bucks, And with Morris off the floor, if he is to sit again, I think he'd be another really strong play. You know, he played 27 minutes in the blowout game against the Bucks last game. And he just went off 25 points, um, nearly 50 DraftKings points. So a uh, big game for him. So I would probably be looking at Julius Randle again here. Um, whether Marcus Morris is in or out, it is a pretty good matchup especially if he's going to be able to see some DeAndre in defense. So that's a, it's always a good spot for the opposing um, big men. So I think Randall and RJ Barrett would be the main, you know, guys that I would be looking at with a little bit of interest in Alfred Payton as well. If we see guys like uh Nilla Kina sideline, once again, I believe Dennis Smith Jr. is out going to be out for a while. So um, if Nilla Kina sits again, then you can go back to Payton. I know I, I played him in that last game against the Bucks. He, he, he was kind of struggling, couldn't really make any shots. And then he got ejected. So, you know, hopefully people will look at that score line and they'll, and they'll kind of look away from him. But overall, he is a pretty good fantasy player, um, can, can do multiple different things, you know, pass, rebound, and score a little bit. And obviously, if Morris is off the floor, if he's injured and out again, that could open up some more shots and a good matchup. So those would be the main three for me. Yeah, ever since the new coach has kind of taken over for the Knicks, like R.J. Barrett's minutes have been – I don't think he's played under under – I think he played 25 minutes one game, but – Outside of that, I think he's played 27-plus in every game with the new coach. So, in the 25-minute game, if I remember correctly, they were blowing out Portland, and he didn't have to come back in the fourth. But So, R.J. Barrett at 5,900, I think he's a guy that's really interesting here. Phoenix allows – you know, they're in the top ten in fantasy points allowed to opposing shooting guards, high-usage shooting guards. And, like, we've seen, like, double-digit shot attempts now. I think it's 12 straight games for R.J. Barrett. So, I think he's another guy that you kind of look at here. Um you know, at 5,900, he's not the cheapest. Maybe he's cheaper on FanDuel or on Yahoo, but he's the guy that I have my eye on here. Um, I love the Julius Randle call. Like, the Julius Randle call, if Marcus Morris is out, Julius Randle gets a bump in fantasy points per minute. He gets a bump in points, rebounds, everything um, across the board. So, usage goes up. So, I really like the Julius Randle call. And outside of that, like, I'm with you on Elf. Um he's strictly tournaments like he's a guy that in any matchup can go out and put up 40 fantasy points so like he's just a guy that if you're playing tournaments um you just have to have interest in and 
if Morris sits again, man, I think Bobby Portis is definitely in play at 4,500 for tournaments. Yeah, definitely, especially um, if it's a game where – sorry. But if it's a game where you know, the game kind of gets out of control, they've seen – you know, we've seen the, the next – they're a bad team. So they, they've seen, you know, the willingness to throw Portis out there in games that are kind of out of control. So I, I like the Portis call as well. Utah at New Orleans, uh, no total on this one. Mike Conley's out. Drew Holiday's out. Darius Miller is out. J.J. Redick is questionable. Kendrick Williams is out. And Zion Williamson, who we got a date finally. He's going to be back yeah. here soon. Um, but he's out for this one. Let's start here with um, the Utah side of things. You know, when you're looking at this spot, like this is a really interesting like game for me because I worry about it blowing out. I will say that, but like if this game doesn't blow out, this game could be really juicy for fantasy purposes. So, sorry here with Utah. Uh, what do you like here? Yeah, I do think that it is an advantage for DFS purposes that New Orleans is at home. Obviously, you know, maybe the game could stay a little bit closer due to the Pelicans being the home team here. But I will say Donovan Mitchell, I think, is a stone-cold lock um, on Fando. I think he's probably going to be the top cash play of the day on Fando, where his price has, for some reason, gone down to 6600 So, you know, that's almost a $1,000 decrease from his last, uh, his last game. So the pricing here is just way, way too low on Mitchell. Um, on DraftKings, maybe a little bit different of a story, but you know, we've seen this happening a lot on Fanduel recently, where you know guys have a you know a couple bad games and they they get a pretty steep uh, price drop. So I think Mitchell's probably the lock of the day for me over on Fanduel. I think he's a really strong play on DraftKings too. Um, the pricing just isn't as good, but you know it is a really good matchup. They should be you know up in pace a little bit here, especially if Derek Favors is out again. Um, with Favors out, they actually play a lot faster. Um, with, with he's probable for what it's worth. Okay, so I, I would still like these guys here. It, was, it would just been a nice little a little bump here for the for the Jazz, but mainly it's just Mitchell for me. I think there are some you know reasons to go to to a guy like Rudy Gobert, um, who obviously had a massive game against Brooklyn. But my main interest is in Mitchell. And then you could play a guy like Joe Ingles, who has just been a monster over the last two games. But for me, in general, it's just going to be Donovan Mitchell and a lot of interest in Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, like Donovan Mitchell, obviously he's the play here. Um, Rudy Gobert is fine. Like, you know, when we're looking at the slate, obviously we have Jokic, um, we have Vooch, we have Harrell. Um, you know, we have the – we don't really like – that. you know, DeAndre Ayton, I guess, is another guy. But, like, we don't have, like, a stone-cold lock center play on this slate. Um, so, like, I think that Rudy Gobert – if you have the salary and you want to pay up, like this is a spot, you know, he should go 45 plus he's gone 45 plus in four straight games. So I, I you know, you're paying up for the raw points instead yeah. of like the, the six and seven X. Um, yeah. J- jingles, man. Um, I was watching a broadcast the other night and um, they were calling him jingles and like that. I'm never calling him Joe Ingles ever again. Like that's the last time I call him that. So, um, you know, Bogdanovich has been consistent this season. I just don't love the price. Clarkson, you know, he has quarters where he goes out. Like, pretty sure he had 16 fantasy points in the first um, half and put up 18 fantasy points in the night. So, but, yeah, with Mike Conley out, Jingles has been playing, you know, some point guard minutes for sure. Uh, Moutier's minutes have just kind of gone away with Ingles playing so well. So, for me, you know, it's Mitchell, Gobert if you want to play up. My boy Jangles, uh, but yeah, I don't. Uh, outside of that, I don't really love anything here. I like the other side of this game. You know, we have Drew out. You know, Miller's out. Reddick's questionable. Williams out. Like, a lot of missing pieces here. Ingram's coming back in this game. He's probable for this one. 
Um, it was just soreness. I don't really expect him to be limited here, but if this game stays close, he just put up 56 fantasy points and took 26 shots against this team. With him missing the other night, like I feel like people are going to be scared, especially if that red Q tag stays next to his yeah. name here for a little while. Yeah, I love Ingram here as well. You know, I'm not really scared of this matchup, like you mentioned. Um, they just he just you know faced these guys a week ago or so and had a monster game. But uh, again, this is more of a Fanduel specific play because the price on Lonzo Ball on DraftKings is up near a seven nine 8K pretty much on DraftKings. But on Fanduel, he's only 6,500. So I think it's an opportunity to take advantage of that. He's probably gonna be pretty popular uh, on this slate. But I think it is a really strong play over on Fanduel. That price is just way too cheap, especially with Holiday out again. Going to continue to play a ton of minutes, and over and over again, we see him produce when he's on the floor for a certain amount of time. So, obviously, it's hard to expect him. So, he played 45 minutes last game. That was an overtime game. So, it's hard to expect him to play 40 minutes again. But I think 35 is very reasonable. Um, so, yeah, I think he's a really strong play. And for me, I don't think I'm going to be messing around with, you know, guys like Josh Hart or or Alexander Walker. I would prefer Josh Hart. Um, I think this is a, a day where we go a little bit more balanced and kind of uh, ignore some of these really high-end studs. But um, I, I do think if, if I had to choose between those two, it would be Josh Hart. I think he's an okay option. But I don't really love any of the value on the slate. It's kind of a weird day. So um, I'm preferring the, the mid-tier. And, and on, especially if you're playing on Fandle where I do play most, guys like Mitchell and, and Ball are just way too cheap. That's kind of where you're finding your value these days. So um, that's just one quick note about Fandle. If you're playing on Fandle, it's just, it's a, you can play whoever you want. Um, yeah. that's, that's the salary cap over there. Play whoever you want. Which is fine. If they're going to be consistent with it, it's fine. I have no issues with it. You know, you got to adjust. Like, if you don't adjust, you're going to lose money. So, yeah. Um, as far as, like, you were talking about with the Pelicans, like, you know, Melly had a big game. Um, Okafor had a big game last time out. Favors is expected back here. Um, you know, that, that hurts one of those guys. And then Ingram expected back hurts the other one. So, like, I just don't expect those guys to play in the mid-30s minutes. Um, if Favors sits, you know, I think you potentially take a shot on Okafor, but th- there's a good chance that either him or Hayes gets in quick foul trouble against um, Gobert, and, you know, one of those guys does well. But, you know, for me, it's Ingram. Um, I like the Lonzo Ball call. I'm with you on DraftKings. It's really tough to play him on DraftKings, but if you can play him on FanDuel, that's fine with me. Uh, moving on, we got Boston at Milwaukee. There was a total out for this game. It was pulled down after the Boston game. Um, Jason Tatum, we're going to put him as questionable. Um, and then Jalen Brown hurt his um, thumb during the game. Um, played like I think he ended up playing like 37 minutes, but he sprained his thumb. So we're going to put him as questionable as well. Um, I didn't see that they were going to not play him, but um, we're going to put him as questionable. And then Milwaukee's good to go. Nobody's out here. Um, let's start here with Boston back to back going into Milwaukee. Um, have fun with that one. Yeah, it's a, definitely a tough spot. Um, this one is going to depend on, you know, obviously the, the, the availability of these guys that are injured. Um, I know Daniel Tice was back in the lineup in last night's game and he had a pretty strong game in, in 27 minutes. So I think he could be a decent value option, uh, in this one where they're probably gonna need some size, especially with the, with the help of defending Giannis. But yeah, you kind of mentioned it. It's tough. Um, Again, FanDuel, Kemba Walker, 6,700, a little too cheap over there, so you could definitely go back to him. He's really struggled with chalk uh, in the last game and kind of busted, so people might shy away from it. But I think the price is still too cheap over there on on Kemba. Um, But, yeah, other than that, not a whole lot of interest in the Boston side for me, unless, obviously, if we see Tatum and Brown both out, um, things could definitely change, and obviously minutes will open up, and maybe a guy like Gordon Hayward, who had a, a pretty strong game, 
in that game against the Pistons. So it's going to de- depend on injuries for me uh, for this game. Yeah, if Jalen Brown sits in this game, like he missed the first time, like these two teams played, and Gordon Hayward, I think, put up like 40 or 50 fantasy points. Um, Kimball Walker has done really well in pace up spots this season. Like, you know, you can go and look at your game log and you can look at the games that have been at faster paces, and you could yeah. see that Kimba's done really well in fast paced games. And like Milwaukee plays at the fastest pace in the NBA. I don't think people realize that. Like, Obviously, their you know, their defensive rating is number one as well. So, like, you're not getting, like, this amazing bump, but you are playing at a much faster pace. And, like, a guy like Kimba, um, you know, we're seeing him do really well in these pace-up spots. So, like, I like Kimba here a lot. I like Gordon Hayward a lot in this spot if Jalen Brown sits. Um, and, obviously, I like both of those guys. Like, I would play Kimba and Hayward if Tatum and, and Brown both sit in this game. So, Assuming that, you know, Boston doesn't roll anybody out here for a back-to-back in general. So, um, the other guy that I don't hate here is Cantor, but the problem that I have with Cantor is just, you know, the minutes um, with Tice being back. So, I just don't know if I can end up playing paying the price for him. I like the matchup, but I just don't see myself using him price-wise. Um, on the Buck side of things, like, if this game stays close, when you're looking at this slate overall, like, it's – it's Giannis, it's Kawhi, it's Jokic as your three, like, top-end stud plays. Um, you know, there's obviously builds that you could use one of these guys. On FanDuel, you could probably use two of these guys if you really wanted to. Um, what's your thoughts here when it comes to Giannis? Yeah, I think Giannis is probably the top stud of the day. I did mention I kind of like leaning towards a more balanced build. I see a lot of a lot of guys um, like, like an Ingram, like a Booker, that are, are really good plays, I think, in that mid to, you know, kind of upper tier pricing so I think I like that build a little bit more so maybe I just have one of these studs in these lineups but I, I do think I would prefer Giannis obviously he's a little bit more expensive than than these guys like Kawhi and Jokic but um yeah overall I do think I prefer the more balanced build but obviously he's a, he's a good play we saw what he did in what 20 minutes 21 minutes against the Knicks 37 points nine rebounds so obviously he can do it against anybody in any amount of time but uh, I do think the balance build is more for me, but I would probably prefer Giannis. He'd probably be the guy that I am trying to get in if I'm going a little bit more uh, stud, uh, stars and scrubs kind of build. Yeah, like outside of that, like I don't ever hate taking shots on Middleton. Um, I think Middleton would receive a bump here um, if Brown and Tatum sit. So that's definitely something to kind of watch. Um, you know, I don't hate the spot for Bledsoe. He's up and down, but like this game should be competitive. Um, I know it is a back-to-back for Boston and like Milwaukee blows everybody out at this point right now, but this game should be competitive. Um, I don't really see anything on the value side um, from the Milwaukee side that's standing out to me. Yeah, I think the the only guy that I would have some interest in is DiVincenzo. It just feels like his floor is pretty pretty strong around 20 and he does have some upside for more. Um, he'd be a guy who might – I'd probably be more, you know, less reluctant to play him on a slate like this where it's only five games rather than playing playing him on like a larger slate. Uh, he does have the finger injury, but he's probable. So hopefully that's nothing too serious. Uh, the minutes have been, you know, pretty up and down. I know he got banged up in the last game against New York and then the blowout. So he only played 16 minutes, but he'll probably be around 23, 24. And he's a pretty good permanent guy. So he's probably the only guy that um, I could really mention here for value. All right, moving on. We got Orlando at LA taking on the Clippers. It's back to back for Orlando. Um, Fournier missed Wednesday games, so we're going to put him as questionable. DJ Augustine is going for another MRI. I would put him more as the doubtful side. Um, I'm going to put Michael Carter Williams on the doubtful side of things, too. 
we know Isaac's out. We know Aminu's out. Um, and then on the Clippers side, we already know that Paul George is not going to return for this one. So let's start with the Magic. Obviously, Fournier missing um, Wednesday's game. Awandu got the start for the Magic, and um, he's having – He's having a game um, as we're recording this podcast. But it's it's always tough to record a podcast, um, you know, and talk about a team that's currently playing right now. But, you know, let's start here with the Magic. Yeah, I think one guy that pops out pretty pretty quickly for me is Marco Fultz. He's also having a pretty good game right now. At halftime, he's got 10, 6, and 5 in a really tough matchup against the Lakers. So, you know, with, with no Fournier, with no uh, DJ Augustine, no Michael Carter-Williams, it's really hard for them to – to disperse backup point guard minutes. So he's probably going to be in a spot where he's going to be the main ball handler all game. So I think Fultz is, is really interesting. Um, and then some value. I think this is going to be a decent spot for value if these guys do sit um, with a one-do. He's at, at halftime, he's played 16 minutes. So, you know, maybe around 30, 32 minutes for a one-do there. And then maybe even a guy like B.J. Johnson, who I think they just picked up off the street, as far as I know anyway. Um, and he's having a pretty strong game as well. Nine points at, at the half for the Magic. So, Maybe he gets in there for some more minutes. Um, but other than that, I think it's just mainly Terrence Ross. And then I actually really like uh, Vucevic today. Uh, I think he's a pretty strong play. This this defense is pretty strong, uh, the Clippers' defense, that is. But I, I do think their weakness is is their size. Harrell is, you know, an undersized center. Uh, Zubac is kind of slow. So there is a spot for Vuce to kind of beat the defense here. And he should be the go-to guy here. So I think Vuce is probably my favorite center of the day. And then uh, I really like Fultz today as well. Yeah, BJ Johnson, like, I follow all the Magic Beat writers. Obviously, I'm a Magic fan. It's no secret if you listen to this podcast. He's been um, doing really well in the G League. So, um doesn't shock me that he's having a decent game. But, it's so, like, the G League's so hard because, like, they don't play defense in the G League. Yeah. Um, so, like, you never really know, like, what to expect when you're talking or looking at G League stats. Like, I don't weigh them at all. Uh, but he is a guy that's, like, averaging 35 minutes a night in the G League uh, for the Magic this season. So it's not like he hasn't been getting run, like, down there anyway. So, yeah. um, I honestly, I, I wish – like, I wish I was watching this game a little bit because, like, you know, I is <laughs> – who's playing back a point guard um, tonight would be my question because, like, you know, they've been using some, you know, different guys each and every night. And, like, just looking at, you know, the minutes right now, like – you know, Fultz has played 16 minutes, but, you know, who's played the other minutes at um, point guard? I don't know. Maybe it was B.J. Johnson. Um, he's more of a shooting guard, but who knows? Um, but, yeah, like, we're going to have to watch the news here because, you know, it is a back-to-back. Aaron Gordon's been banged up a lot this season. Um, so, like, are they going to sit people? Is Fournier going to be back? Like, this is going to be one of those games you're going to have to watch the news because the Magic are playing really good defense this season. They don't typically get blown out by teams. And, you know, so I, even though it's a back-to-back, it's it's L.A. twice. Like, you know, they're playing the Lakers on Wednesday. They're not traveling at all. Obviously, they are playing a back-to-back. But, you know, we're going to have to watch the news here because Awandu, Ross, all these guys would be very interesting value plays. Um, and we, we're kind of needing a little bit of value. We haven't talked about too many value plays today. Um, I think it might be okay. Ross that's running the backup point. He's played 15 minutes up until halftime. So, um, looks like he's – at least getting in there for the minutes, and I, I would assume that he'd be the guy that's getting the, the backup point guard minutes. And I would like him if these guys are out, whether he's getting the point guard minutes or not, just because he's a nice scorer off the bench. But maybe it's him. We'll have to look into that. Yeah. Um, all right. The Clippers side of things, like, you know, again, like we don't have a ton of studs on the slate. So, like, Kawhi going up against Orlando. Kawhi's put up at least 60 fantasy points in two of the last three games. Uh, what do you like in here for the Clippers? 
Yeah, Kawhi's just been a monster with uh, with Paul George out over the past few games. Um, you can definitely go back to Kawhi here. I think he's a nice play, especially on Fanduel. The pricing's really nice for there. I think he's ten one, so um, pretty nice price over there. I think he is a pretty strong play. I think I would prefer to get up. Yeah, he's actually ten one on DraftKings as well. So I think I'd prefer to get up to Giannis, but I do think he is a good play, even in a tough matchup here. Um, just going to come down to lineup construction though for me on Kawhi, but I do think I I'm going to have a pretty good amount of interest in Lou Williams here. I'm assuming this game's going to stay closer than the game against Cleveland. We saw the Williams have a pretty pretty solid game um, against Cleveland in that last one. So over the past six games, he's been over 21 points or more, and that's real points. So he's been uh, seeming to heat up a little bit after, you know, struggling for it seemed like two weeks. So nice to see the Williams get uh, heating back up here. I think I like him over on Fanduel, 6,200. Um, on DraftKings, he's 6,900. So I think he's a pretty solid play in this one. Kawhi, you know, 37% usage rate um, when Paul George's off the floor this season, averaging 1.6 fantasy points per minute. Like, you know, if you're if you're wanting to swerve, like if, if, if Boston rules a couple guys out, you know, obviously that game's going to be a lot easier to stack. I think a lot of people will end up more on that game too. Um, so, like, if you want to swerve, like, you know, I, I don't mind playing Kawhi, um, but – I'm with you. I probably end up on Giannis more than I end up on Kawhi on this slate, but I don't think he's a bad play by any yeah. means. Um, right. You know, and, and Lou and, and Harrell are both in play. I don't love or I don't hate either one of those guys. Um, Pat Bev only played 23 minutes against Cleveland the other night, uh, drew the start, had almost a triple-double against them the other night. But, like, you know, I just it's it's tough to really love anything here um, outside of these top end guys. Uh, just you know, like <laughs> probably not going to catch me playing like Mo Harkless or any of these guys. Yeah. Yep, I'm right there with you. All right, Denver at Golden State. Um, Jamal Murray. I know he got hurt um, in the game on Wednesday and did not return to the game. They were they were positive about the um, X-rays, but I I would be shocked if he plays in this game for what it's worth. Uh, so we're gonna put him as questionable. We're gonna put Gary Harris as questionable, and we're gonna put Paul Millsap as questionable. But there's a good chance that all three of those guys sit. Um, and then on the Golden State side of things, uh, Jacob Evans got hit in the face with an elbow, so I'm gonna put him as doubtful um, the other night. And then Looney's out. The thing about here with Golden State is I was reading the other day, Damian Lee um, will start. Like, he's back up with the team. He signed his two-way deal. He's with – you know, he's he's good. Um, he signed a three-year deal with the Warriors. So, like, he's going to be back here. Um, he's been out – what was it, one game, two games? So, he's yeah. going to be back, and he's going to be starting. And then I read something the other day that Marquise Chris signed his two-year deal as well or a two-way deal. And he's back. So, like, a little bit more depth added to the Golden State team here for this game. Um, let's start here with Denver. I said it yesterday. I was like, man, Jokic in a smash spot. Love Jokic against Charlotte. Um, every time I love Jokic, he busts. <laughs> every time I love Nick, um, he busts. So, for me, any like you guys should know by now like if i talk about Jokic and i like him you don't play him um <laughs> what do you like here for denver 
Yeah, if I'm a, I'm gonna guess that Murray's out as well. He rolled his ankle and then he got actually carried off. So I'm gonna assume. I I guess the X-rays did come back in a good way, but I'm gonna assume he doesn't play here. So in in that case, I think Monty Morris is gonna be probably the top value play uh, of the day. He played 23 minutes in this one. They got pulled out pretty early. I think they got pulled out with like six minutes left in the game because of a blowout. So you know maybe he'd be he would have been around. 28, 29 minutes if that game would have finished out in, in a close fashion. Not to say that this game's going to finish out close at all against the, the Warriors, but he should start and he should, you know, be a, probably the top value option of the day. So he's someone to, to have some interest in. Jokic, I think you can go here. The you know, the real issue is blowout. Um, I, I think the the Warriors are actually in a decent spot, you know, depth-wise and with, you know, Damian Lee's been playing really well. And then they got Green back. They got uh, Diaz or Russell back finally from the injuries. So this game might be closer than some would think. So I actually don't mind Jokic. Uh, I think he's probably my number two or number three center as of right now. Um, but yeah, I think it's mainly just those guys primarily, but you can take some shots on some value or some, uh, some deeper guys here. I think Will Barton could be a pretty good play. And then Jeremy Grant is another guy who could have some value here if Paul Millsap sits again. Yeah, so this is going to be one of those ones that, like, I'm going to have to go through game flow, see when P.J. Dozer got his minutes because, like, he was a guy that just got uh, recalled from the G League. And he played, like, 13 minutes. But, like, were those 13 minutes all in the second half when Jamal Murray got hurt? So, like, I'm going to have to look into this one um, because, like, he's a guy – I think he's 3K, like, bare minimum. Yeah. Um, Michael Porter ended up playing 28 minutes. Like, we've been waiting and waiting and waiting for Michael Porter Jr. to get minutes and, like, 28 minutes. Like, I would have played him in every lineup um, had I known, like, we were going to see him play 28 minutes. But I like the Will Barton call. Monte Morris is the chalk value play on this slate if Jamal Murray doesn't play. He's getting a matchup against Colton State. Um, it's just one of those spots where I'm not even going to overthink it. I'm just going to play it. If it busts like Okobo, it busts. Like, it is what it is. But I'm yep. um, going to be looking into this game. Kind of looking at the rotations that we saw uh, with Jamal Murray and Harris and Millsap out, assuming that all three of those guys sit here. Um, on the Golden State side, you know, I, I kind of talked about, like, this team getting a lot of these guys and depth back here. Um, you know, I, I think that – I think Russell's interesting again. Like, he burned me really hard against Dallas um, on Wednesday. And, like, my boy, um, my boy Luca burned me bad, and he has a triple double like in the third quarter <laughs> yeah. against the Kings tonight. So, like, um, what are we looking at here at Golden State? Yep, um, I was all over the D'Angelo Russell train last game. You know, it was, it was a good way to get contrarian, especially on Fanduel. His price was low, seven uh, four in this one. Tough matchup, but the matchup does get a little bit better with Gary Harris if he does sit. He's a pretty good defender, um, but. I mean, I think if you're going to play Jokic or maybe even if you're going to play Barton, uh, I think you have to have some interest in one of these Warriors guys because, you know, if Jokic is going to get there and win you a, a tournament, um, you got to assume this game's going to have to stay close for him to get those minutes. Um, so I think the guy for me would be Russell or Draymond Green. And I think they're both okay. The pricing is definitely really nice on, on FanDuel. Uh, so I, I do think that makes a whole lot of sense if you have Jokic in a lineup or even if you have Will Barton in a lineup. I think Monty Morris is a little bit different. I think he can get there, obviously, because the price isn't nearly as high, and he probably has more chance to play late into games of a blowout, um, a better chance than um, the other guys, the the main studs here. So I think it would be Draymond and, and Russell for me. 
Yeah, I think Damian Lee's interesting too. He's 5K. He's going to get a start. Like the defense for Denver obviously has been really good this season, but like we're going to see a little bit of hit in defense here. Like no Gary Harris, no Jamal Murray, no Paul Millsap. Like you're going to get some younger guys in here. Like that that's going to that's going to probably bump the pace of this game in general and like the yeah. defense a little bit um going to, you know, suffer a little bit here. So, you know, a team like Denver who they're right outside the top 10 in defensive efficiency this season. I think that, like, you know, you see this game play a little bit faster and a little less defense um, because, like, Denver is a team overall um, that plays at the second slowest pace in the NBA. Um, so, you know, you would expect with facing Golden State in any way they're getting a pace bump and then getting some of these young guys in there, they're probably going to get a pace bump here as well. So um, I like Damian Lee, and I think Alec Burks is a fantastic tournament play. He's going to go back to the bench here, I would assume, with Damian Lee coming back and starting, uh, with Damian Lee already announced as a starter. I like Alec Burks when he's coming off the bench. He doesn't usually play the 35, you know, 32 minutes. He usually plays like the 27, 28, but his usage is just so much higher when he comes off the bench. So, um, you know, you see it. Look at the last two games without Damian Lee. Usage hasn't been great, but then you look at the games without Damian Lee where he's getting all the usage off the bench. So um, I think Alec Burks, he's cheap too. Like this is the game I feel like we're going to be looking at for a lot of our value on this slate, depending on the Orlando Magic players. Yeah, definitely. And um, I think, you know, one thing to note that I didn't mention is Damian Lee. He was playing, you know, 30, 35 minutes night in, night out. So yeah, it's definitely a really good call. And the price has fallen, you know, when he was, going on that tear where he, you know, I think it was Christmas Day and then a few games after Christmas, you know, a, a few big games. He was up, you know, in the mid-6K range, and now he's at 4.9, I think, on both sites. So, um, you know, 5K on DraftKings, 4.9 on FanDuel. So, really good pricing on him. I think that's a really good call. Uh, I, I will say it's one, it's kind of important to watch who's starting at center here. We saw Spellman kind of trap some of us. You know, he was announced starting again in a, in a pretty good matchup against Dallas. Played 27 minutes, just didn't really do anything with it. This is going to be kind of a mess with Spellman and, and Pascal and, and Willie Callerstein now, with, especially with Marquise Chris coming back. So I'm probably staying away from that. So I think the top three and then Burks is kind of where I'm at. I'm right there with you. Yeah, if you're playing on FanDuel, it's so easy to play Giannis and Kawhi. Like, it's, it's ridiculous yeah. how easy it is. Um, so, you know, make sure, like, we talk about it all the time. Make sure you recognize the site that you're playing on. Like, if you're right. playing on Yahoo, if you're playing on DraftKings, make sure that, like, you're – taking a step back, you're looking at line HQ. you're looking at, you know, you know, what is, what is the pricing difference in these guys? So, um, all right, let's play the morning grind game and then we'll switch over to some football here. Um, give me your favorite play under five K to seven X. Yeah. I, I think Monty Morris would be the the easy one. So I, I guess I'll, I'll note him, but I'm going to go with Dario Saric. The more I think about it, the more I kind of like that, especially if he's, if he's back in the starting lineup with no Ubre and no Kaminsky. I think he's got upside to play, you know, maybe 25 minutes, and I would not be surprised at all if he even plays more. So um, I, I like Dario Sarge a pretty good amount, and he's really cheap on both sides. Yeah, I like that one. Um, you know, Monte Morris is the easy one, but I'm with you. I think a lot of people know that. But I'm going to go with Burks. Um, for all the reasons that I just said, <laughs> like, you know, this is the game that we just broke down, so I don't really need to go, like, back into it. I really do think he moves to the bench here. And, you know, the last two games, 21% usage, 23% usage. The two games before that with Damian Lee playing all those minutes and Burks coming off the bench, 31 and 28% usage. So, 
just have to note these kind of moves and, you know, pay attention to team bench, you know, hashtag team bench, very much team bench right here. Um, over 8K to go under 5X. We don't have a ton of options up here today. Is there anybody standing out to you as your bust? Yeah, that's tough. I think I, I genuinely like all these guys up here. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to say Jokic. I don't love it at all. It's definitely really scary. My answer, man. <laughs> Sorry. I, I should have known that was your answer, but I just think he is the most likely to fail primarily because of some blowout risk here. And also the price is a little bit higher on him than and some of these other guys who I just really like. I like Gobert. I like Booker. I like Vooch. Um, my answer would either be Booker or Jokic. So uh, I'm going to take Jokic. Yeah, I'm with you. I like a lot of these guys today. Um, the only reason I'm gonna I'm gonna say this is just because I feel like if this game kind of gets ugly, he just doesn't get the run. So I'm gonna say Rudy Gobert. I really like Rudy Gobert. I really like Rudy Gobert. Just so you guys know. But when you're looking at these guys, like I I really like Ingram. I really like Vooch. Um, I really like Booker, Kawhi, Giannis. Like I think a lot of these guys, for what it's worth, get over five X today. You know, even Julius Randle. So, you know, this is one of those questions like, who are you least likely to play? Well, I'm probably least likely to play Rudy Gobert out of all these guys. So, that's who I'm going to say. Least likely to probably play Jokic, but, you know, you already took that guy. <laughs> uh, give me your favorite 6X play today. All right. So, this one, it's going to be site dependent again. On, on FanDuel, it's Donovan Mitchell. I think that's the easiest call I think I'll ever make. You know, he might not hit it, but at 6-6 on FanDuel, I just think that's way, way too cheap. Um, and then on, on DraftKings, I'm going to go with – this one's going to be a little bit dependent on Marcus Morris. Hopefully he's out, but I'm going to go with Alfred Payton. I like him a pretty good amount. The price is okay, 5-5 five, five on, I think, both sides. So I think he's a pretty strong play on both sides as well. But uh, Mitchell on FanDuel and then Alfred Payton on DraftKings. Like it, like it. Um, people are going to love that one. So, you know, when I'm looking at this slate, I, I was just like – I'm struggling not to see – um, a guy like rookie Rubio goes 6x here, but the guy that I'm going to take, I think, is going to actually kind of surprise some people today. And it was something that we talked about earlier. I'm going to go with Kimba Walker. Um, I really like him in pace up spots this season. I think it's something like I think Jalen Brown misses the game too when I'm making this call. I think you could definitely take a step back on Kimba if Jalen Brown ends up playing, but I'm going to go with Kimba Walker. You know, I was I was digging into some pace stats for him earlier before we got started, and I, I just like what I'm seeing at a pace up spots for him this season. Um, get weird GPP play of the day. Who do you got? Yeah, so you know, I'm gonna really stick to the name of this one. It's definitely really weird. I'm gonna go with BJ Johnson. You know, I think he's got a chance to play maybe 24, 25 minutes in this one, as long as these guys are out, as long as Fournier is out, as long as you know some of these wings are out. That's gonna obviously change if some of these guys are in. But BJ Johnson, 3K min price on DraftKings. Then price uh, three five on FanDuel. It's really weird. It's not safe at all. But if you're trying to get a lineup, maybe with Giannis and Kawhi, and maybe even three top end guys, uh, I think it's you're gonna need some value. And BJ Johnson's a guy who's as cheap as as they come. So I'm gonna go with him. I don't know what type of ownership we're gonna see on Bobby Portis today, but he's my let's get weird GPP play of the day. Um, again, he's not safe. Um, I don't like him if Marcus Morris plays, but uh, he's just a guy that like, he's a let's get weird GPP play. Like he, he's a definition of GPP for me, but he could easily go like seven, eight X here. So, um, I really like the spot for him if he ends up playing. 
Um, give me your game selection. What's standing out to you today? Um, you know, tournament, cash games, whatever you want to look at, either site. Yeah, so this is a, a contest that I play every single day. Um, I, I like to really stick to the three max or the single entries, but I don't even – let me find the name. Okay, it's called the NBA Charge over on FanDuel. It's a three max. Um, they do weird things with the pri- with the prizes, um, but this one – today it's a little bit more balanced, um, pretty spread out. It's a three max, which I like to stick to, uh, especially on, on these shorter slates. I feel like, you know, I like to primarily just do one to three lineups on smaller slates. Um, so I, I'm going to go with the $65 NBA Charge on FanDuel. All right. Um, I always mix it up. I, I like three hundred max tournaments as well. We did not coordinate very well on this one. We don't ever talk about this question, but um, mine is the NBA hot shot over there on DraftKings. It's a three entry max three dollar tournament. Um, you know, so if you're building a strategy on three entry max, there is a strategy. Like you're not just throwing in three random teams. If you're doing that, you're probably not making money. Um, hey, anybody can make money. I'm just saying consistently. Um, so when you're looking at this, you know, it pays 23% of the field. Min cash is two X first place is only 6%. Top 10 is only 23%. This is a really good structure for low bankroll players. Um, if you have the nuts, you hit the lineup that goes off. You're going to make, you're going to make $991. Cause you're going to make a thousand dollars if you finish first. So if you're putting three entries in this, maybe you're playing 10, $15 a day in tournaments. This is definitely a tournament. Like if you want to build multiple teams, you want to have, some fun building teams and not just playing one lineup. This is definitely one of those tournaments that I would check out. Um, the hot shot, $3, three entry max. We don't have no totals today. So we're going to skip that question and, you know, kind of switch over to football and talk about this two game football slate where I think we have some really, really strong football games here. So, um, the first game we got, the 3 o'clock game, is the Tennessee Titans at the Kansas City Chiefs. It's a 52-and-a-half total. Uh, Kansas City's favored by 7-and-a-half in this game. You know, I want – I haven't done it, but I want to go back. The first game that Ryan Tannehill was going to start, I was on the podcast with Will, and I said, you guys better not sleep on Ryan Tannehill. He's a lot better than he's ever shown with the Miami Dolphins because he's never gotten a fair share. He is doing a great job of managing games, but Derrick Henry has been an absolute beast, and he faces the team allowing the most fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. What are you looking at here on the Tennessee Titans? Yeah, so I mean, from just a you know, purely you know, straight-up straight up standpoint, I think Derrick Henry is in for a big game, but I think this is finally the week where everyone's on the Derrick Henry train. So the last two weeks, I've been, you know, I've been pretty heavy on Derrick Henry for DFS purposes, and, you know, if you if you watch the Blitz show, which which I used to I was on before you know the season kind of ran its course, but I was high on Derrick Henry in the first round of the playoffs. Had the big game against the Patriots. I think for DFS purposes, I think I'm going to flip it this week. I think I'm going to be on the passing attack. Ryan Tannehill, AJ Brown, Corey Davis. Obviously, Henry's going to be the workhorse here. He's probably going to see 20, 25 carries, maybe even 30 again, um, and that's obviously going to be. You know, pretty productive. You know, Derrick Henry's been a monster, but I think for contrarian purposes, you know, it's a two-game slate. I think you want to get kind of weird. I think Ryan Tannehill is pretty interesting. You kind of mentioned it. He's been unreal. You know, the highest passer rating the entire NFL. He's actually the third cheapest quarterback on DraftKings this week. So I kind of like Tannehill. I mean, I can't fault anybody for wanting to put Derrick Henry in their lineups after what he's been doing. But I really like this passing attack. And I, obviously, I think it's going to be a game where the Chiefs are are playing from ahead, so that therefore might be a little bit pass-heavy for the Titans. Yeah, and, like, honestly, um, it's tough because, like, when you're looking at this spot, you know, just in general, 
Chiefs have been actually really good against wide receivers this season. Like, you know, so like, you know, I don't love it, but then you look at the pricing, you think of the game. I usually only play like one to three lineups when we get to like um, this time of the year. Like I don't play a ton of teams usually. Um, like my last week was last week, like, you know, playing my normal volume. Yeah. I have some fun here, build, build one or two, one to three, three teams on each side here. I, I probably will have a Ryan Tannehill team, and then the other two teams will probably have Derrick Henry. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> you know, I just – you know, when you're looking at it, um, you know, Smith is a little interesting as a, as a cheaper tight end. I think a lot of people yeah. are going to play Kelsey or Kittle um, for good reason. You know, not saying not to play those guys, but um, John O. Smith, maybe you run a two tight end team. You know, that's, that's definitely something that I did a lot last week, and it kind of worked out. Um. You know, the Chiefs side of things here, you know, Damian Williams, I'm glad he got the price increase. Um, you know, he was a guy that, like, I played, I think, on all but, like, four or five teams last week. Just in general, I had him everywhere. He put up a good game through the passing game. He had three touchdowns. Glad he got the price increase. Um, what do you like here for Kansas City? Yeah, I actually had one of my best weeks of the NFL season. In the last week, I'm kind of with you. That was kind of the last week where I really, you know, play my typical kind of volume or style. So Damian Williams, it was good to see him. Uh, he, he kind of carried those lineups last week. So it was good to see him, you know, get in there and be the be the workhorse, be the guy who's on the field or on the field for every play. And he's pretty good in the pass game as well, which we saw him, you know, catch a touchdown as well. So he's pretty much game script proof as long as, you know, they're not, not going to go and throw LaShawn McCoy out there or, or Darwin Thompson, which after last week, I don't see why they would. So I think he's really a really strong play, even at this this price increase. I, I'm right there with you. Um, outside of him, you know, Tyree Kill, he took a monster hit last week. I think like that hit was <laughs> a lot worse than like they played it off to be, um, because he just did, he wasn't the same after that hit. You know, Travis Kelsey, he's dealing with a little bit of a knee injury and a hamstring injury. I think he's going to be fine. I think he's going to tough it out, even if he is not 100%. But it's definitely some news to kind of watch here on Kelsey because you have George Kittle. Like, we have another top-end tight end on this slate. Um, is there anything else? You know, Patrick Mahomes, probably the top quarterback on the slate if you're wanting just raw points. Uh, what are you doing here with the rest of this Kansas City team? Yeah, I think, obviously, Kelsey's probably the top tight end. I think I think the injury is something to at least look for, but – when you're in such a dynamic offense and where he's literally the, the go-to guy in the red zone, which we saw three touchdowns, I think it was all inside the five or the 10. He's the go-to guy in a lot of their primary situations. So obviously you can go to Kelsey here. The one guy who, you know, he looked so bad last week, Demarcus Robinson. I, I swear, I think he had like seven drops. He only actually had four <laughs> <Yeah>, targets, <laughs> but <laughs> he could not catch anything, but they don't, they do not like to take him off the field for whatever reason. Um, they didn't, I think Michael Hartman played 17% of the snaps last week. And, you know, on, on a slate like this, two-game slate, I'm all in for trying a guy like Michael Hartman. Um, he's a guy who can – if he's on the field for two snaps, he's a guy who can score on any given play. Obviously, that's not ideal. But in a game where – in a slate where you only got two games, I think Hartman's someone that's interesting, especially after we saw such a bad game from Demarcus Robinson last one. So maybe Hartman gets a few extra snaps. Not saying that this is something you should be expecting, but Hardman also does the the kicks and the punts, so maybe he takes one back. Almost took one back last game, so maybe he takes one back, and that's six points for you. Just a little bit of added kind of, uh, I guess, excitement for Hardman or an added opportunity for him. Not like it's uh, probable or anything like that, but it is it is the case where it could happen. 
and you can play Sammy Watkins again in this one. Another guy who is going to play, you know, the majority of the snaps only had what two or three targets last game, but took one for, I think it was like 60 yards or something like that. So you can go to any of these chiefs, really any of them. And, you know, getting guys on the cheap end, like Sammy Watkins and Michael Hardman, I think is pretty interesting, especially if, um, if Tyreek Hill is banged up, which he, you're right. He took a big shot. So he definitely could be. Um, moving on, we got Green Bay at San Francisco, the other game on the slate. It has a 45 total. San Francisco favored by seven and a half. Vegas likes San Francisco way more than I like San Francisco in this game. Um, I think San Francisco 49ers defense is legit. I really do, but I really feel like people are counting Aaron Rodgers out, and I feel like they've been counting Aaron Rodgers out all year. He had 26 to four touchdown interception ratio this season. Like, I know. He didn't have, like, this monster, like, year, but he didn't need to. Like, he didn't have to. And, like, we see Aaron Rodgers. When he has to show up, he shows up. So, he's probably my favorite quarterback play on this slate. Um, and I, I know it sounds crazy, but if if Tennessee does what they do and Derrick Henry touches the ball 30, 35 times in this game and slows that game down just enough, I could see Patrick Mahomes not doing enough for his price that Aaron Rodgers becomes the most optimal quarterback. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, I just think that for the Packers, they are so reliant on Aaron Jones. They use him everywhere as much as they can, really. We saw it consistently at the goal line where, you know, we used to see Aaron Rodgers sometimes run it in. We used to see him do a lot of play fakes, throwing to his tight ends and whatnot. But now I swear it's just they're giving Jones the ball three times ever than the goal line. Obviously for Rodgers, it's nice having such a dynamic playmaker like Devontae Adams. You're not really worried about a matchup with Devontae Adams. So when you have a receiver like that, the matchup, the tough matchup for Rodgers isn't as uh, much of a factor. Um, I think I think I prefer the other side of this one. I think I would rather take Aaron Jones. Uh, he's actually cheaper than Damian Williams. Uh, I know it's kind of a tough matchup, but we've seen some running backs kind of get after it against these 49ers. I know Dalvin Cook struggled last week, but, I mean, these guys are going to struggle. It's a tough matchup. The 49ers are best defense in the league. So uh, I, I do like Jones a little bit. And like I mentioned, they're just going to try to give him the ball as much as they can. Their offense is really – structured around him he's the main guy and they're going to continue to go to him I think so I think Aaron Jones is a pretty interesting um, running back here and the price isn't anything crazy due to the tough matchup yeah like Devontae Adams it's just he's I know this is a tough matchup by like going up against San Francisco I get it like I'm not going to discount the matchup whatsoever um like he, he's already played this team once this season and they kept him I think to 40 yards 43 yards um on 12 targets so like they obviously can shut down Devontae Adams in this game. And they'll think that if that happens, like, obviously we're going to have to pay attention to the Lazard injury. That crushed me. Like, that – he – I had so much Lazard last weekend. Yeah. You know, we're going to have to pay attention to that. But, like, if Lazard were to play, he's cheap. If Lazard were to sit, like, everybody else in the passing game is cheap too. Yeah, I think the main guy that I would like, which don't love to say this at all, but it would be Jimmy Graham. You know, I was kind of surprised, but – you know, the last play of the game or the, the third down play, they went to Jimmy Graham. I know there were a couple of big opportunities where they went to Graham um, and it seemed like every every time they needed a first down, they were looking for Adams or Jimmy Graham. So I know Jimmy Graham only had four targets, but the big plays that they, that they made in the passing game, it seemed like a couple of them went to Jimmy Graham. And at that price tag, you don't really need a whole lot, especially from a tight end. And I do think it makes a lot of sense to maybe utilize a two tight end lineup this week because there's a lot of value a lot of guys who fit the value criteria that aren't really great options, but there are some pretty valuable uh, tight ends like Jimmy Graham, like John Smith. So maybe using two tight ends makes sense. Maybe Jimmy Graham's one of them. 
Um, yeah, I don't mind Jimmy Graham, but the tight end play is George Kittle. Let's go, Georgie. Um, he's dealing with a little bit of an ankle injury. Like he, he's been dealing with an ankle injury for a while now. I know he has like a broken bone in his ankle or something like that, but it really hasn't, let's be honest, it really hasn't slowed him up too much. Like they just didn't really um, need to throw a ton in the Minnesota game last week. So let's talk San Francisco. Jimmy G is really cheap. Like, you know, we talked about Tannehill in like, the thing about playing one of these cheaper quarterbacks is like you'll be able to play like a Derrick Henry, Devontae Adams team. You'll be able to get exposure to Kansas City however you want to. So, like, I don't hate paying down at quarterback, hoping that they just stay remotely close to Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm there with you. Um, I think the main interest for me is going to come in trying to decipher who these running backs are going to be. Obviously, oh, my so. gosh. What a headache last week. I uh, I got pretty lucky last week. Had Coleman in my main lineup, um, just trying to find some value, and I just landed on him. And now it looks like Coleman right now on lineup HQ. We have projected for seventy one percent ownership on DraftKings. Two games slate, but seventy one percent. So yeah, I won't be playing Tevin Coleman this week. Uh, I think it's I think it's the week we uh, we go to Raheem Mostert. So I, I do the conviction plays in lineup HQ. And I'm actually doing them again for the two game slate and for the showdown slates. And I got Mostert tagged right now. So. He got 12 carries last week, 58 rushing yards. It's just really simple. The The passing game didn't go his way, and the goal line work didn't go his way. And, yeah, sure, it makes a lot of sense to say, well, why wouldn't they give it to Tevin Coleman again? But it could very easily go to Mostert. And you're kind of – in two-game slates, especially in NFL, you're kind of playing on what-ifs. And I think a what-if is what if Mostert gets those goal line carries. He's super cheap, and nobody's playing him. So I'm, I'm kind of feeling like maybe – He's at 11, 12 baseline touches with upside for more and maybe some goal line work. So, you know, if he gets 11, 12 carries, maybe he has a really efficient day and maybe he gets seven, eight points or maybe even breaks one, adds a few catches. And now he's looking like a really good value play. And then he sneaks into the end zone on the goal line carry. He'd be the, the play of the slate. So I'm definitely leaning Moser over Coleman. I just don't want to eat that chalk for Coleman. I know he was the guy last week, but I wouldn't be surprised to see it change up a little bit. Yeah, like – I'm kind of with you here, um, especially considering ownership. Like, you know, we know what Shanahan's going to do. He's going to ride the hot hand. Coleman mm-hmm. was hot. He rode him. Yep. Okay. Like, if Mozart is a guy that gets hot this weekend, he'll ride him. And, and like, now Coleman's $1,400 more. Um, so, I, I like that call a lot. Um, he's he's really interesting. I think the other guy that's, uh, you know, semi-interesting here is Kendrick Bourne. Um, out of nowhere, just came out and, you know, he was getting – high value targets not just targets um like he should have scored two touchdowns in that game last week so he's a guy that's a little interesting i think debo is still the number one wide receiver on this team right now outside of kittle um i don't hate taking a shot on manny sanders like it really depends on like what you're going to do what what is your lineup what's the story of your lineup is your lineup telling us that this game scores more points than kansas city tennessee um you know you're just gonna have to you know tell us tell us a story with your lineup on this two game slate yeah, definitely. And you kind of got to treat it like a, a little bit of a showdown slate. It's a two-game showdown slate, really. You got to take some chances here. That's why guys like Hardman are being mentioned, why Mostert, I think, is a good play for this because you got to take some shots. You got to be different. There's going to be a lot of duplicated lineups and to really have a chance to, you know, be profitable this week, I think you got to have a unique lineup. And Kendrick Bourne is really interesting. He caught his sixth touchdown pass, and they were all red zone touchdowns. So it's really a pattern. He's kind of a, a main priority, it seems, in the red zone. Um, we don't really see guys like Debo or Emmanuel Sanders 
really be targeted like Bourne is in the in the red zone. So um, Bourne with six red zone touchdowns. That's definitely something to um, monitor and have some interest in. But yeah, I think you can go to to Sanders as well. I actually really like Jimmy Garoppolo this week. Um, uh, sorry if this is going to give in a little bit of uh, inside information, but according to the Blitz projections, Jimmy Garoppolo is the number one point per dollar play. So there you go, uh, a little bit of uh, uh, insider trading for Derek Cardi there. So yeah, I, I'm with Cardi. I think Garoppolo is a pretty strong play. And in turn, I like Kittle. Um, I like, you know, probably I probably have like one of the uh, receivers, Bourne or, or probably Sanders, I think I would lean. And I think you can play most with these guys. So I think this is going to be you know, they are the second highest total team on the slate. So I, I really like this 49ers offense. I like this game. Um, yeah. Like like I said, I, I probably will play like three teams on each side and like I'll mix in quarterbacks. Like my least favorite quarterback is probably Tannehill for what it's worth. But like I'll probably still have a couple teams with him too. So um, like within the four, four or five sites that I play on. So um, yeah, that's going to wrap it up here. Uh, any final thoughts on the football slate? No, I'm just hoping that, you know, Mangone is shedding some tears after this one because I really do not want to see the Packers win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm actually the opposite. I want to see Packers Kansas City Super Bowl. Like that, okay, that's okay. what I really, I'm rooting for Ryan Tannehill. Just so everybody yeah. knows, like I'm rooting for Ryan Tannehill. Like I really want to see Ryan Tannehill win a Super Bowl um, and show Miami that, like, whoops. Um, yeah, that'd be cool. But Derrick Henry, that whole team, like it's not just Ryan Tannehill. He's definitely had some really good bright spots. But when you can run the ball like the way that Tennessee's running the ball, it's it's not um, extremely hard to play, you know, quarterback. So that's gonna wrap it up here for Thursday. We'll be back talking some more NBA for Friday's slate on the morning grind. Appreciate you all listening. Um, we'll see you guys on Friday. <laughs>